With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I am Menes. This is the longest-running cricket podcast in Australia, and I'm joined by a special guest from the second-longest-running cricket podcast in Australia, Carpol Carthro. He's also an accomplished author, Dan Liebke. Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm really good, Menes. Glad to be here. Great to I'll, have I'll never you. catch you, but I, I like to just be just just on your tail all the time in terms of longest podcast. Exactly. Well, yeah, you're never going to be able to catch me, indeed. Um, and <laughs> returning is freelance cricket writer John O'Brook. John O, welcome. Man, it's great to be here again, Dan. Lovely to see you, mate. Let's um, let's get into it. Indeed, we've let's got lots it. of cricket news to talk about. Tons of stuff. Um, so let's start with the cricket headlines. I'm going to start with women's cricket to kick things off uh, for this edition. So I mentioned briefly on my mini pod that I released earlier this week that Australia has a new captain. Alyssa Healy is now permanent Australian captain and Talia McGrath is her vice captain. Dan, I'll start with you. What do you think of this appointment? I think it was pretty predictable, wasn't it? I, I mean, she led Australia in the Ashes. She did fine there. She did as well as Pat Cummins did in the men's ashes, uh, retained them. And uh, yeah, I I think it probably uh, would have been a little bit rough to throw a newbie in for an India tour. We we don't really know what's going to happen test-wise over in India. It's been a long time, I think, since Australia's played a test in India. So yeah, give give Alyssa Healy a little bit longer in the job and yeah, she can hang around for a bit and until she's she's done, then someone else could take over. Probably Talia McGraw by the look of things. Yeah, I think so. You're right. Jono, what do you think? I agree with Dan. I think it was um, an easy decision, just one that they simply had to ratify. Um, Melissa had done it before. She went to do the Ushers in place of Meg Lanning, came home with the Ushers, so big tick there. She won the series against the West Indies, incumbent for the role, and as Dan said, it's probably the best person for the job, particularly going into such a big series. Tally McGrath's her vice-captain, so she's 
definitely the next captain in line. I would have liked them to maybe put some planks in place for the future and maybe promote an Ash Gardner to a leadership, like an official leadership position, seeing that she is seen widely as a captain in waiting. So I would have liked to seen that, but overall I've got no real problems with it. At Elisa will do it for a few years and then Talia will probably end up taking over. It's a good, it's a good leadership combination. Talia's just won two women's big bashes in a row leading the Adelaide strikers. So she knows what she's doing, and Elisa's learnt from the best and been vice captain for a while. So, just a natural transition. Yes, yeah, cricket Australia have tended to make very safe appointments oh, recently, and I think this fits that category. That, as you say, John, if they wanted to take a risk, maybe you you make Talia or Ash the skipper, and you keep Elisa there as as vice captain and someone who can kind of um, you know guide that new person, but. Um, yeah, this is a good. This is a good appointment. I, I still have concerns about wicket keepers as captains, wicket keepers and fast bowlers. I don't know if it always works out. And you know, playing devil's advocate, Australia didn't win the series in England, um, so maybe the jury is still out on Elisa's white ball captaincy. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see. Let's see. Right, moving on, next bit of news. The Women's Premier League has had its latest auction and there's a few cashed-up Aussie women's cricketers. So Annabelle Sutherland made a lazy uh, 360000 Aussie dollars to go to the Delhi Capitals. Phoebe Litchfield, friend of the show, um, was paid $182,000 to go to Gujarat. Lauren Cheadle from the Sixers will be joining her for $55,000. And Royal Challengers Bangalore have signed Georgia Wareham and Sophie Molyneux for $70,000 and $55,000 respectively. Uh, great additions to the WPL. And, uh, yeah, I'm really glad to see Phoebe Litchfield get a contract because I think it's going to do do wonders for her game. She needs that experience. She needs all the big-time cricket she could get. Um, Dan, what did you think of the WPL and what do you think about these results? Uh, well, I think uh, expectations around the Sutherland Christmas tree have gone gone way up. Um, Will Will's <laughs> going to be annoyed if he gets a fifty dollar JB Hi Fi voucher. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, no. I mean, it's great great to see the the women getting all their all their due. Uh, and, and as, as, as you say, Phoebe Litchfield. I mean, she's a gun. She's going to be amazing. And yeah, get get as much cricket into her as possible. She's already like a genius at just scoring quickly. Uh, yeah, get, get her over there in in the in the short form and hone her skills. She had a very quiet end to the WBBL, uh, so I thought that might uh, cool things off in the WPL auction. But her performances recently for Australia, I think, um, caught the yeah. eye of the of the people with the the paddle from Gujarat who were putting in the bids. Did you like it, Jono? Yeah, it's great. I'm just. Back on Will Sutherland, I think a lot of people were disappointed the other night in um, Geelong with the whole pitch fiasco, which I'm sure we'll get into. But Will Sutherland was bowling beautifully and he was thinking, oh, if I can just get a few more balls to just hoop around and go absolutely nuts here, maybe it'll increase my chances of um, catching Annabelle some way. But not to be. No, it's great news. You got for... wickets on that pitch, John, eh, mate? Oh, anyone would have gotten wickets on that pitch. It's um, It was absolutely flying. <laughs> Flying everywhere, flying around corners. Um, but no, great stories. Um, great for Annabelle, great for Phoebe Litchfield. And um, the last pick of the night, Sophie Molyneux as well, had an absolute wretched run over the last 18 months or so, 
pretty much ever since she fell out of that Australian side. Um, hasn't really had a good run, but it's great to see her get picked up at the end and hopefully get her cricketing career back on track for Victoria in a couple of weeks and then over in the WPL and hopefully build back into that Australian team where she's had a glittering career so far, winning World Cups and being part of Ashes series. It's just a matter of time for her to get back into it. Yeah, the only surprise for me was that Amanda Jade Wellington didn't get picked up after mm. her performances consistently for the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, I thought she might um, get a bit of a contract somewhere. So that was my only surprise. Yeah. There's a bit, been a bit of a trend in that in the IPL as well where overseas spinners are less likely to be picked up just because India have so many spinners of their own that I, th- I think it's really hard to make ground. But, yeah, I was very surprised that yeah, of all the spinners, I thought she would have got a run there because she, she was great in the final. I mean, she's got a great Definitely. final year, but yeah. uh, particularly in the final. Yeah, I think the bigger fast was no no room for Chamari Adipadu, um, player yes. of the tournament in the WBBL and couldn't find a home. It was um, absolutely ridiculous. And you're talking about players that can do everything. You know, Amanda Jade Wellington, gun spin bowler, can close out a game from anywhere, can bosh it off the bat if she, if she has to. But Chamari does it with the bat. She can do it with the ball. Um, just what, is she, what do they have to do? Maybe it's because she can't run between the wickets was the, the thing that handicapped her there. Anyway, um, all right, moving on from the WPL auction. We, I actually haven't recorded a, a panel show since the WBBL final. And, you know, I paid such close attention to the tournament. I don't want to just gloss over it. It was back-to-back wins for the Adelaide Strikers. And m- my analysis of the game is that the Brisbane Heat turned up with a loser's attitude and they got what they deserved. I heard some of their players talking in the lead-up to the game about, oh, will Adelaide serve up? a good batting pitch because they, you know, the Adelaide strikers like to defend, so they're probably going to serve up a slow pitch to bring their spinners into it. And so already before a ball has been bowled, the Heat were whinging and complaining. And if you take that attitude (laughs) into a final, you are not going to win. So um, the Adelaide strikers batted first and made 125 with a top score of 39 by friend of the show, Laura Vulvart. And then they were able to defend that, a phenomenal performance by the strikers. They kept the heat to just 122. It was a thrilling match, a, a, a great finish. Amanda Jade Wellington, player of the match, four overs, three for 16. Tali McGrath, two overs for 16. Megan Shute, as ever, took a couple of wickets, four overs, two for 30. Darcy Brown, four overs, none for 20. It was just a superb bowling performance by the strikers. And, yeah, I just think that the Heat actually cost themselves a real chance by going in with a poor attitude. They're only one decent hit away from winning the thing. You're a bit harsh, <laughs> I think. But there was a catch on the bound, like they, they, uh, the catch on the boundary that, you know, another couple of metres and it was six and they win the tournament. You're very hard. Oh, they choked though. It was a massive choke job. They, they are, <laughs> oh, you look man. at their batting lineup, Grace Harris, Georgia Redmayne, Amelia Kerr, Mignon Dupree, Laura Harris, who got out first ball and she was the player I heard whinging. So it really got to her. Charlie not <laughs> Jess Johnson. You're allowed to get a good ball. <laughs> they should have mowed that target down, but they got stuck. They, they got, they let the conditions get into their head. And in the end, the, the strikers are, are back-to-back champions. And it was done at the Adelaide Oval, which was fantastic. And um, congratulations to them. 
<laughs> You're not happy, Jono, with that analysis, are you? I, I, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's funny. Like they were one hit away from potentially winning the title, yeah. and I, I, I agree. Yeah, with... Imagine if they'd gone in with a good attitude. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. That would have absolutely shut it in. Um, I agree with what you're saying. It's like you don't play the ground, you play the team. But they bowled well. They were well on their way. And then Talia McGrath did what she did and made that incision, got the massive wickets of, um, I think it was Kerr and Laura Harris in consecutive balls to really swing the gate back. And uh, as I was saying, they could have won in the last over. Like it's um, it was just put it down to good bowling. Yes, it was a good performance by the strikers, poor attitude by the Heat. It was Mignon <laughs> Dupree and Laura Harrison, consecutive deliveries by Talia McGrath. Also, don't want to forget Gemma Barsby, three overs, one for 15 for the strikers. Great my favourite my favorite ambidextrous cricketer, Gemma Barsby. Well, there's one more, isn't there, who plays um, in Australia. So, anyway, moving on. So, that's the WBBL for this year. Um, overall, I think you and I discussed it last time we got together, Jono, that it was a good tournament, uh, overshadowed slightly by the World Cup. But, yeah. but Dan, you know, what, what, Dan, what would you give this WBBL? If you were giving, like, lesser grades, what would you give it? Uh, it, is hard, it is hard. It definitely was overshadowed by uh, the World Cup, uh, which is sad. The, the, the WBBL always seems to be overshadowed by something, which is annoying. I you? I actually had a theory that maybe the WBBL should go into the January slot and bring the men's BBL back to this slot, uh, you know, because the men's BBL now is, is you know, in competition with this South African one and all these other tournaments that are taking place. Bring them forward, put the women in there and uh, really, really make a go of it over January. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Give it a B minus. It's fine. Mm. WBB minus. minus. Jono, what, what do you give it? Yeah, I, I I think I'm around the same. I think I'm around a B. Like, it was a good tournament, overshadowed, emergence of some other great young talent, which is what you want. But it's also kind of just giving it, like, I think we discussed it last time, it's really just a race between three teams mainly. Like, the two Melbourne teams have been irrelevant for a number of years now, unfortunately, and there's a couple of other teams that are just sort of floating in and around, and it's really just between the Strikers, the Scorchers, the Brisbane Heat, and sometimes the Sydney Sixers. So it's really four-team comp. The Thunder fell off the perch, so you've got to you've got to be able to spread the talent around a little bit more. Um, whether it's fixing the draft, which I thought was actually a nice little thing that they did, but people got around it as well. You know, the Scorch has gone behind back and signing Nancy Brunt. It's, um, it's a little bit of shenanigans there. So there are ways that it can be better. Um, I don't think, I don't think moving it would is a good idea considering they moved at once to try give the women clean air, but the cricket calendar is just one of those things. that's a bit too, a bit too crowded. So, I mean, because Laura Woolvart was playing the WBBL final, she missed her official captaincy debut for South Africa. So there's always cricket. Well, going that's on. priorities. That's good priorities. So I appreciate that. She she's the, she's the rare 
a rare player that's actually put playing the WBBL yes. ahead of national duties. I think a couple of things. My, my thing, thoughts around this WBBL is we didn't quite quite have the sort of star performances from the big players. You know, Grace Harris came out of the blocks with that big hundred, but then you know, Alyssa Healy getting you know ruled out of the tournament by her own dogs. And uh, I, I just don't think the, the big players really, even the overseas, apart from Chamari Atabatu, even Harmon Precourt, like the, Hayley Matthews, they all had quiet WBBLs. So I think that's kind of what it was missing was those big players performing. And, and Dan, you're talking about moving the tournament. I guess now that the fact that the Big Bash is getting earlier, you know, maybe you mm. could get to a, yeah. a stage where the Big Bash is ending that 20th of January and then the WBBL sort of starts then and goes sort of end of January through February. Uh, maybe there'd be clearer air there. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really looked too deeply into it. I, I just I just Why'd you bring that... it up then? This isn't cup <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't throw. Because I had had to say something. <laughs> All right. Put it somewhere. That's it. That's it. So that is it for the women's cricket news. Let's move on to the men's summer because it's the build-up now to the first test against Pakistan that starts at Thursday at uh, the the Wacker, I almost said, but it's actually at Optus Stadium. It's called the West Test. I think you are legally obliged to call it the West Test moving forward. I still want to call it the Western Test. I'm I'm really going to stick to this one. I'd like cowboy hats. All that kind of thing. I think it should be best <laughs> But anyway, uh, am I right in saying that it feels like there's not a lot of massive storylines for this Australian team that, you know, apart from David Warner, and that's just been ongoing for the last three years, the, the storylines are pretty limited. You know, the, the Australian team is very solid. Uh, I guess um, Alex Carey, for one, for me, who has to watch out because I think Inglis is. Um, breathing down his neck, and obviously Nathan Lyons on the on the verge of five hundred wickets. But Jono, you'd have to say it's it's a pretty low key build up to the test. I think Andrew McDonald sucked the life out of it the other day, where he effectively declared the team. He said Warner's going to be opening the batting, and Mitch Marsh is going to be batting six, and there'll be no de- no debut for Lance Morris. So it kind of just sucked the life out of the whole. Um, selection battle heading into the heading into the desk but no as you said it's a very settled Australian team um I'll get your thought get your thoughts on this um Dan Menas in a second about what McDonald said about the World Test Championship and how they're putting a premium on every game and not taking the opportunities to maybe blood some new players like a Morris or using the advantage that they have this summer because as as I think everyone said, it's a it's a um, group two summer in terms of the teams that are coming out here. No disrespect to the opposition, of course, but I, I think because it's such a settled unit, there are not that many massive storylines. Like the biggest, the person making the biggest noise about most noise about this giant cricket team at the moment is Mitchell Johnson, and has been retired for about five or six years. It's um it's that kind of summer, I think, and I think that's really what we're going to get. That's why it's been pretty low-key from the outset and will just continue to be pretty low-key moving forward. What do you think, Dan? What, what excites you? What excites me? Uh, the, what excites me is uh, 
I don't know, the, the prospect that uh, I, can, I can watch test cricket again. It feels like forever since yes. the Ashes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited that, yeah, it's, it's actually going to be on and I can sit down for five days or have a long Pakistan last and uh, watch some cricket. And, yeah, you know, it's think- a great time slot for those of us over here in the East. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. Do you think Alex Carey will survive the summer, Dan? Yeah. As t- yep. You no, no doubt in my mind. I, I think Alex Carey will be fine. I, I I think everybody who starts this test series, David Warner, I just don't think uh, uh, Pakistan or the West Indies will put enough pressure on any of the incumbent players for them to have such a bad run of form that, that they're out. So I think they're fine. I, I think they'll all <laughs> – every everybody who's in will be fine. I, I think Cameron Green will struggle to get back in at least until, uh, you know, Warner says I'm out of here after Sydney. And then, uh, then, then he's got a chance because I, I think they'll try and shuffle around the batting order somehow. So he's in. I don't know who will open, but somebody mm. in that top six will open. I agree. Uh, Travis Head said about Alex Carey that the the Stuart Broad's sledge directed at Alex Carey won't go down well when Carey retires. Broad said that's all you'll be remembered for to to Carey. And Carey's spoken about the incident in the lead up to this test match. And he said it's not affecting him too much. Of course he's going to say that. It's hard to tell. Whose dog's barking? Is that yours, Jono? Oh, probably. They bark at, they bark at anything that walks past the front door. That's right. Um, so with um, – I'm going to mute you for a sec. Um, so with um, uh, Head's comments, though, I did like Stuart Broad saying – that he just said all that stuff to just wind the Aussies up to try and put them off their game. I mean, um, he's kind of the master sort of uh, magician. Yeah, of he knows he how to fuck with us. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's Stuart brought all over. I mean, if he's not winding teams up, what's the point of him? Like the whole purpose of Stuart Broad is to be a troll. Like he's mm. he, he doesn't do it on social media. He does it out on the cricket field. He's magnificent at it. Uh, that, that, that's why I love him so much. So, yeah, he obviously just said that to wind yeah, Alex Carey up, but uh, and, and it's kind of become a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy, right? So no matter – Carey could like average 60 and take 600 catches and – even, even then, people are going to say, well, Stuart Broad was wrong. This isn't all he's going to be remembered for. But, like, that's going to be still <laughs> part of the definition of him. So it's, it's perfect. Stuart Broad's, you know, out, outmaneuvered everybody yet again. I can't and- wait for Stuart Broad to sort of take up the role as, like, um, as, as the heel commentator when he moves into it um, full time. <laughs> yeah, no, him and Johnson think, yeah. just sitting in the commentary box taking pot shots at people. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be they'll be kind of funny. I think there's I think there's one network that will looking they'll be looking forward to signing them both up. <laughs> Just Jono, on what you said before about Andrew McDonald saying that because of the World Test Championship, the onus is not really on building the team or blooding players. I, I think the situations are different. I think obviously the Warner situation is its own beast, and that's just he just looms large over the you know this whole selection and. And I think that um, he, he's just going to make it to Sydney, whether you think they could be bloody another opener or not. Mm. And the, the, he does partner well with Kawaji. You can't – it's inarguable that they've formed a good partnership. I mean, Kawaji scored most of the runs in that, but still, it's been a good partnership. Um, in, in the other sense, though, with the bowlers, I just think it, it's not so much about blooding people. Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins – don't want to miss test matches now. That's just it. They have made it very clear 
that they're well, especially um, Stark and Hazelwood. They're probably close to the end and the beginning. They don't want to be rested. They don't want to be rotated. If they're fit, they want to play. And I think they've earned that right um, to be picked every time they're available. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, just on some other news, Nathan Lyon spoke to the media yesterday and said he'll say hi to Mitch Johnson if he runs into him at the uh, Optus Stadium in the lead-up to the first test. I don't think Lyon was ever going to say anything else to the press. Who knows what he'll say to Johnson behind closed doors. All right, so we're going to take our first break and then we'll be back to look at the Pakistan team. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Welcome back. I'm Menas. I'm with Jono and Dan Liebke. Now, Dan, you've written a fantastic book, The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket. And I want to get yep. to, to some of the details of that soon. But when you talk about funny cricket teams, Pakistan, you could definitely do a book on them, couldn't you? Oh, I mean, Pakistan have been masters at it for, for decades. As, as long as I can remember, Pakistan have been out there doing absurd things. And it's become almost cliched how absurd they are, but they, they <laughs> keep doing it. They, they stick to their guns and they, they just roll along. And, and we love them for it. I mean, that's, that's Pakistan cricket. That's why I think they must be everybody's second favourite team, surely. Uh, like they're, they're just so entertaining. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get. But in in Australia, look, they've had a very bad run here. I think they've lost their last 14 tests here. They haven't won a test since the mid-90s. They've only ever won four test matches in Australia. They've never won a test series here. So it's hard to see them doing anything. But, Jono, I think there's an, an element that we could – the Australian team – could get a little bit of a shock in that Pakistan don't think will win, but I think they'll they'll battle hard. I think they'll battle hard in the sense that their top five batters are class and they've seen some on exposed form. They've played, they've, they've seen what they know what Baba Azam can do. Shah Masood, yeah, he made a double hundred on slowest wicket in the world in Canberra and against Australia's um, next in line bowling attack. But he's shown himself to be a class player, Abdullah Shafiq up the top and, they rotate between um, Imam Imam Haq and Sal Jaqeel as well as one of the most improved cricketers in the world over the past 12 months. But I think that's probably going to be where, where it ends for Pakistan in terms of their resistance. Like you, you look at their bowling, um, aside from Shaheen and maybe Mohammed Wasim Jr., there's not much pomp there. And particularly now with um, Abraham had going to miss the first test and we've got um, 
37-year-old Numan Ali, who I hasn't played many tests outside of Pakistan where it spins and explodes. Um think he might be in for an absolute rough trot. So I think they'll surprise a little bit when it comes to the resistance with the batting, and Australia will have to bowl well until they get them maybe four or five down. But up until then, I if, if you can't make runs this summer and you're an Australian batter, then there might be some conversations. <laughs> yeah, I think Shaheen Sharafridi could uh, rattle a few early. Um, but you're right, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. Barbara Azam coming off being dumped as captain. He's a player to watch. He might have a little bit of fire in the belly. Um, but but looking at that top six of Shafiq, Al-Haq, Masood, Azam and Shaquille, they, they could be formidable. But I, I think it'll be like that tour maybe not the last tour, but the tour before that Pakistan came and they kind of were a bit plucky, but in the end, Australia just over, overtook them in the, in the test matches. They just can't was stay Was that the one us. where they tried to chase 500 at Brisbane or something and almost yes, got it was there? Like, oh, yeah, it was like yes. almost four, nine. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, they were only 30 or 40 short in the end. So yeah, I just think the Australian public is expecting, expecting Pakistan to just roll over and Australia is just going to just steamroll them and it's going to be a celebration of World Test Champions and World Cup winners. But I just have a feeling maybe we're underestimating um, that, that, they, that they could actually be quite competitive. And maybe it's just me hoping we get a competitive Test Series because it's... Um, you know, rare to get one in Australia. So let's see. Um, they did Muhammad Afiz, who's part of the staff, was complaining to the media about the, the slow pitch that was uh, wheeled out for Pakistan in Canberra. And I, I get his comments, but I think that's pretty standard around the world now that these practice games are played on, on pitches completely the opposite of what the first test will be. I think it's a bit rich of Pakistan to complain about that. Where I do think they have a legitimate complaint, though, is the fact that the last day of the game was called off because the covers blew off. Now, if Australia was touring any other country, we would be kicking up a fuss about that, um, you know, it, it, I mean, Dan, that was just not acceptable. Yeah, no, no. I mean, not just the slowest pitch, the worst covered pitch uh, yes. as well. It was, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. You, you cover, Second you worst cover covered pitch. I, uh, I think the worst covered pitch is... <laughs> Sorry? I think the worst covered pitch we're getting to... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's plenty of contenders for that, uh, that nomination. But, yeah, it, it was... I mean, it's, it is ridiculous that... Uh, that, that you could show up on, on the morning of yeah it was a, it had first class status right it's a it's a proper absolutely proper it's played a test and, I've been to a test match yeah uh, we just forgot to cover it properly and yeah, yeah we just didn't uh, and then okay, off right, guys, go home. Yeah. yeah it was very it was very MCA Sunday areas with the covers blowing off in the middle of the night and oh, the waters damaged the pitch yeah it was terrible um just on the Australian performances in that game you mentioned uh for Pakistan, Shah Massoud made 201 not out. Uh, for Australia, Jordan Buckingham took five for 80, continues his good start to the summer. And with the bat for the PM's 11, it was a tale of a lot of middling scores apart from Matt Renshaw. Cameron Bancroft, 53 off 128 balls. That is going to do nothing for his test selection. Boring to watch. 
not dominating at all. So I think that's a tough one. Marcus Harris, 49, 102 balls. Again, middling score. Matt Renshaw, though, 136 not out of 337 balls. Wow, he really dug in. Cameron Green made 46. Nathan McSweeney, 40. Bo Webster was 21 not out. Felt to me that all of the PM's 11 batters were a bit scared to take the game on. Like they didn't want to fail almost. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly not going to get uh, roped into baseball anytime soon, are they? They're all just slugging along there. No, oh, yeah, Bangkok I mean, I would never, ever, ever get picked uh, for England. No, definitely no baseball for them. No. Uh, all right, so that's the, anything else you two want to touch on before the first test? I mean, I guess, Dan, predictions from the series, what, what are you thinking? 3-0 Australia? Uh, it, it would seem difficult. I mean, it's probably going to rain all the entire test in Sydney, right? So we'll say True. 2-0. Like it, like it. I yeah. don't mind the sledge against Sydney. Jono, what are you, what are you picking? Um, I I can't see Pakistan. I could I could see them being competitive, but I think when it comes to the crunch, Australia should be too good. And despite Sydney doing its best efforts to maybe try save Pakistan <laughs> of a three nil whitewash, I think Australia should be too good and get it done three zip. I agree, three nil Australia going to be carnage uh what about uh Australian performances i think steve smith's due a big summer he's been a bit quiet i think he might try and feast on um the pakistan attack uh, do you think david warner will go out on top do you think he's going to have a big series dan oh he's always much better at home isn't he i think he'll he'll have a he'll have a decent series he'll finish it off with something spectacular. I, I, I'm pretty sure he'll get a century somewhere. I think Steve Smith's uh, in for a weird summer. I, I watched him bat uh, for the Sixers the other night, and I, I just got the vibe that Smith's uh, going to pull out something really strange and unusual this summer. Not quite sure what it is. That's what makes it exciting. <laughs> but he'll do something stupid yeah. or brilliant or both. Yeah. My my two my two predictions for the summer, and one, one's for this series and one's for the next series. So I've, no, I've noticed something every single time I've gone to the Adelaide Oval that if you hit a double ton, you get a statue. So I think Travis Head's going to have a statue at Adelaide Oval by the end of the summer. (laughs) And I I also think... Well, you I want want the statue to be of him taking the catch off uh, Rohit Sharma in the World Cup. As I said... And I want the the statue to build him a bloody statue. I want, the, I want the statue to look like Rohit's. Uh, I want the statue to have Rohit's face when he's like, shit, yeah. how, how, the, how on earth did he catch that? Um, but no, and I think, I think David Warner will score. I, I'll, I'll, use a, I'll use a term from um, the third best um, cricket podcast in Australia, the great cricketer, uh, F.U. Tun, which um, Warner scored last year on Boxing Day in his 100th test. And I think he's got another one in his farewell test just to say like, this is what you guys are going to be leaving. Yeah. It's another fine for you, Jono. When you bring up the great cricketers, it's another fine. AFL as well as a fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll invoice yeah. you. Oh. You can only bring up the great cricketers if you're sledging them, like for their stupid jokes about their dads hating them or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, like those predictions, I agree. I agree. I think it'll that'll happen. Another bit of news, this and this sort of um, borders on funny, funniest moments in Australian cricket. Michael Clark is back commentating. Now, News Corp made a big song and dance about this. Michael Clark is back. He's not actually commentating. He's working for ESPN Crick Info doing a show over summer hosted by Nerily Meadows, and it's going to have other cricketers on it, and it's going to be on ESPN and ESPN 
Crickinfo's digital website. But the pariah of Australian cricket who, uh, after Channel 9 lost the rights, hasn't got a job commentating anywhere, uh, Pup is back. I don't mind his analysis. I actually think he's quite a good analyst. But what do you think, Dan? Uh, I, I when, when I saw the headline, Clark's back, I, I thought it was, you know, going to be the latest injury that he suffered. But uh, no, he's, he's back in. <laughs> Some incident at Noosa. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he, he's 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 Michael Clark. He's fine. Get him on there. I mean, he's better than Hayden. I mean, that's a low bar, but I, I'd rather have Ooh. Michael Clark on than Matthew Hayden. I think every World Cup match you put out a t- at least three tweets how much you hated Hayden's oh, commentary. Oh, you drove me mad. Mm. <laughs> With that being said, I think there's a reason why, why Michael Clark hadn't been able to get a commentary job in Australia once the Channel 9 deal wound up. Well, I think it's more about the personalities in the other networks that don't want to work with him rather than yeah. his ability to commentate. Cause I, I do actually think Michael Clark's analysis and broadcasting is pretty solid. And when you look at some of the people in the commentary boxes of both Fox and seven, Clark is on par with them in terms of that, yeah. but maybe he's not yeah. on par with them in terms of being part of the boys club. It's probably the yeah. leader of the boys club. That's probably why they, no one really wanted him. Dan, just tell me what annoys you so much about Hayden's commentary. Just give me a few bugbears. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's, it's just the fact every se- he starts a sentence and then he ends with a completely different sentence. I can't claim credit for that analysis. That was uh, that's uh, from Alex Bowden. But yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't talk like a proper person. Everything's all about Aussie greatness and Aussie. You know the pride and the Aussie baggy green, and like that's that's not why they're winning games. They're winning games because they're batting and bowling better. Like uh, uh, it just drives me mad. I, I can't even. Can't, can't, I, I don't want to. I don't want to think too hard about it, manners. I, I just know that every time I hear him talk, it's just like shut up, shut up, shut up. You you annoy me. You're a terrible uh, man. And do you mute him when he comes on? No, I'm a glutton for punishment. I leave him on just to see what horrific things he's going to come up with. Sometimes he's wearing a stupid hat as well. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I've got to unmute him to see why he's wearing a hat. He doesn't explain it. It's just there. Do you think so Justin Langer is as bad as him? Because they're, they're, they're both pretty bad. Yeah. Thank God they ne- they're almost never on together. What, what a nightmare that would be. Well, they will be this my summer mate, Channel 7. My big mate. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> what do you think, Jono? Oh, it's a shame Ricky Ponting's one out in the Channel 7 box with those two next to him. <laughs> um, but, no, it's um, – it, it's there's some, there's some big personalities. I mean, Ravi Shastri is out. He is calling the first test of the summer in for um, Fox Cricket, which um, we're fantastic. He might have um, – might have been flicked. He might have flicked Ishigur on to do the toss because everyone knows how much Ravi Shastri loves commentating a coin toss, um, which will be, <laughs> which will be, which will be very interesting for the five people in Perth that maybe go to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it will be, it'll be interesting. Um, plenty of co- plenty, of, plenty of good commentators, plenty of bad commentators everywhere you look. It's just about finding the right, finding the right mix. Sometimes I find myself. Um, bouncing around a little bit and making sure you can listen to the right people and opinions that you like, which is um, which is a little bit of fun and a little bit of bouncing around. 
Yeah, I tend to mute a lot of the commentary at the moment. Uh, both networks, all commentary, all commentary. But, yeah, Hayden's just rough. Hayden is very rough. All right, we're going to take a break in a moment and then we'll be back to talk about the farce at the BBL and we can't let it go. But I do have – so, Dan, we've got you on the show. And, look, you've done a podcast to us, so most people would know about your book, 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket. Now, I have to say – the, your books just 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 click with me. Like your World Cup books, amazing. This is incredible. Uh, the perfect perfect coffee table book for a cricket fan. Um, what are what are some of the standout funniest moments for you from this hundred funniest moments? Oh, I mean, there's there's so many, but I I do as you well know. I, I let's go through all hundred. Let's go through all hundred. Let's go. Bang. Yeah, let's count them all down. Yeah, I I do have a massive soft spot for Watto. Watto and his giant front pad is is always one that I I just love. Love his love the entire one two three punch front pad. LBW out. Nah, I'm going to review it. Nah, you're still out. Sad trudging off. Like that. Everything about that is perfect. That's uh absolutely magnificent. I can't can't, uh, can't ignore Glenn Maxwell leaving a ball that crashes into his middle stump and everything associated <laughs> with Glenn Maxwell as well. But yeah, it's nearly there, the ten year anniversary of that. I, I do like in uh, Elise Perry uh, bringing up what she thinks is a two hundred, celebrating wildly, then being told actually that's not a double century. The ball bounced inside the rope and she has to sheepishly retract it and then give a half-hearted celebration uh, when she actually gets to the two hundred. So there's lots of great moments. But yeah, pl- plenty, plenty, like ninety-seven more in the book than what I've just mentioned. Mm. Mm. You, you often see the funny side to cricket. You know, cricket unfiltered is very serious, but you you see the funny side to cricket. You and Cat, uh, your podcast, the book. Um, you know, the, the, you seem to have a real flair for looking for the the elements in cricket that are funny. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I, I don't I, I just can't take it serious such a wonderful sport seriously because there there are so many amazingly funny things that happen I I'm not sure I can I I, I can't even think of the last time I actually cared about about the <laughs> the more serious moments because every time you try like something absurd comes along like you're watching the World Cup then all of a sudden you know Angelo Matthews is being timed out because his helmet strap doesn't work it's just like wow well, come on this is this is brilliant. <laughs> That's why we love the game. That's fantastic. But it's a great book and it's very well researched. You'll you'll learn a lot. You'll have a good time. Um, I I don't mean it's like insulting. It's also the perfect like book to have in the dunny. Like just, you know, and flick through some of the funniest moments. Um, So highly recommend it. You can read one in time easily. Read Um, one or two. I mean, it depends how, you know, how much. yeah. Keep going, Five Dan. Keep going. <laughs> Johnny, you said before we get on, you've got a few um, of Dan's books. So I, I thoroughly recommend this one. It's, um, it's a great read. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. I mean, you know, yeah. I've got yours next yeah. to Gideon Hayes' latest book. And one of, the books is, yeah, one of the books is getting more of a read than the other. And uh, <laughs> you can guess which one. All right, we're going to take our final break. Then we'll be back to talk about the absolute farce that was the BBL down in Geelong. And uh, if Dan was writing uh, 101 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket, I think this might get there. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We've gone through all the men's and women's cricket news. Now it's time to get into the Big Bash. I'm Menas. I'm with Dan and Jono. And we had an absolute disgraceful scene happen on Sunday night at Geelong Stadium. The the game between the Melbourne Renegades and the Perth Scorchers started, but it had to be abandoned because the pitch was unfit for play. The reason it was unfit for play was that the covers had leaked and so there was a lot of water on the good length at one end of the pitch. So absolutely unfit for play. At the toss, Nick Maddinson said it was, it was drenched. And, I mean, John, I'll start with you. This is an absolute disgrace. They had one pitch at Cardinia Park to cover. They have one Big Bash game there this, this summer. They have two TV networks there. It's the start of the tournament, and they effed up. Yeah, it hasn't been the greatest start for the Big Bash men, as we were talking about it since the game in Sydney on Friday night. There's been... a. A blowout and to wash to a blowout a washout and one game that had to get called off for an unsafe pitch. So how how else BBL going? But it's it's not good. Like we love teams taking BBL to the regions. Um, the Sixers take a game to Coffs Harbour. The Heat go down the road to the Gold Coast and up the road to Mackay. So it's great for those communities and it's such a shame. And as you said, just. If you know it's going to rain and you know it's going to rain a lot the day before, get more covers in. Like you put more effort into covering a great cricket ground with some cinder blocks and maybe some extra covers and double covers. And, you know, it's not that hard. I just think, and I think Michael Vaughan touched on this after the game and get get your boys' thoughts on it. I, I just think Thanks, so often cricket doesn't, cricket doesn't help itself in these situations. Like, knowing that it's going to rain or knowing that there's going to be light, there's going to be bad light, but there might be more rain coming. So we can't play yet, even though we might get a chance to fit some play in. It just, there are so many situations and this is just another one where cricket actually doesn't help itself. And you can put this down to human error. You can put it down to not reading the weather. And it's just like, yeah, fair enough. You can't plan for rain that you don't know is coming, but, if you know that it was going to absolutely piss down the day before, as it did in Melbourne, um, like didn't stop raining all day, but you know you've got a game in Geelong, which is your one game for the year, the crowd's going to come out, people are going to travel down the highway to come and see it, just 
do better. It's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for the Renegades who now forfeit, well, not forfeit a game, but they lose valuable points and they've already, they're already one game down. Um, they're and Cardinia not... Park might never get another BBL game after this. I mean, it could completely torpedo their chances it could. of holding more games. And just on the points, I actually think the Renegade should forfeit the points. I don't think the Scorchers should be forced to just get one point because that could rule them out of the finals. The Renegades are the home team. It's onus is on them to provide a pitch that's safe for play and they should be docked the points. I know there's some talk they might try and reschedule the game, but, you know, it could be difficult mm. to fit it in. Uh, but but I think, actually, uh, the Scorchers should get the two points. I, I mean, that's I, the same. Remember when the heat, uh, the power went out uh, at the camera mm. and the heat basically was saved? I, I, they, they were in big trouble that night. And, yeah, I, I mean, the heat shared the points. I think that was just declared a... Yeah, a, whatever it was, a, a shared shared result. But yeah, mm. I, I, but mm. I, I I do wonder, as with all these things, I I, I think when it's something like like that, uh, I I think there's definitely a case for the home side to lose their points. But as with all these things, kind of the interesting thing is kind of at the at the boundaries between when do you lose your points and when is it, you know, Duckworth Lewis or shared. So, yeah, if the rain starts to come, uh, is there, are there going to be shot clocks on the groundsmen to get out there and put the covers on? And if they're too slow, it's just like, nah, you've they, lost your They point. might need it. So, yeah, I, I, I think that makes it more interesting. So let, let's get that involved. Oh, well, the, the late, the late great Shane Warren used to love the races between the groundsmen at the SCG to see who could get from the boundary line out to the covers first to yep. take them off. So maybe, maybe just incentivize them ground staff of the year get get that at the australian cricket awards yeah they're part of the Uh, squad now they've got to train they've got to get ready mm -hmm. to go like uh, you know they they get they get a medal at the end of the year if they've done the track suits it's their their big night it's their big night who's got the best pitch and the best team in the world i I do think though there might be now cause for an actual role at cricket australia that is to oversee the general ground and pitch preparation across the country because there obviously is not enough oversight. So this happened at um, Cadinia Park. The PM's 11 game was called off because the covers weren't put on properly. You had a pitch in Sydney where 24 wickets fell in one day. Uh, Maybe it's time that there is actually someone employed to go on and do the checks and balances and make sure these things don't happen. Check the equipment, check the covers, check the ground staff, make sure they know what they're doing. And I have a lot of sympathy for the ground staff. It's easy for us to take pot shots at them, but, you know, give them some more resources to do a better job. Because as I said, if Australia was touring somewhere and we were seeing this sort of stuff happen, we would go, this is a joke. Whereas, um, it's happening in our own backyard and something needs to be done about it. All right. Speaking of staying on the big bash, so the Sixers have won two in a row, so they're the top of the table. Some news, though, that's interesting. The way that the schedule is lining up, if the Adelaide Strikers start hosting finals matches because of the West Indies test, it looks like the Adelaide Strikers will have to play their finals game away at an opposition team's home venue because there's no other ground in in South Australia that's fit for a BBL game. So even if Adelaide finish in the top two, they might not actually 
get the right to play at home because it'll clash with the test against the West Indies. And also for the Brisbane Heat, if they host the grand final, it won't be at the Gabba because that's where the test match is. It might be at Metricon Stadium, um, which is okay, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting that Adelaide and, you know, they talk about finishing the top two, earning the right to host finals, but Adelaide and the Gabba, Adelaide and the Heat might not get that. Uh, maybe Adelaide can just get duck over to Cartinia Park, uh, have their match there. <laughs> or can't please can't, no. they, can't they just go down the road and play at a Karen Rolt Noble? <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently yeah. not. Apparently that's not fit for, yeah, Jake Fraser McGurk could like that. But apparently that's not um, fit for BBL matches. No, so. I'll, I'll, I was going to say, if you're talking about pitches, the state of the pitch at Karen Rolton, the Karen Rolton Highway. Yeah, a big lot of runs scored. The, the interesting thing about it is that this has not been publicised by Cricket Australia. So it would be interesting to see when they actually release this information that those two teams might not get home I think home they're just finals. assuming they won't make the yeah. finals. Mm, well, you could, you could say that with the Brisbane Heat, uh, but the Strikers look like they've got a pretty good team. Yeah. But overall, look, the big, big Bash has just started. As you said, John, it's been a flat start, but still there's a couple more games, then they break for the first test, which is kind of weird in itself that that they're taking a sort of losing that momentum for five days. Um, I almost feel like they should have played this first test match, and sorry to the people out west, they should have played this test match at the Gabba during the day and kept the Big Bash at night. But I know that Shirley, uh, the Wacker and the West Test have been lobbying very hard for this uh, first test, but it, it is going to just halt the Big Bash. So don't get don't get too excited about the Big Bash because it's stopping for five days. <laughs> I mean, the Big Bash yeah. never really gets going till after Christmas, anyway, right? It's it's the, the, these first few rounds are just like I'm, people are only half watching until the Christmas holidays begin, and then it's like, all right, oh yeah, that's right, it's on now, and then they they get serious about it. <laughs> well, there's quite know, a good crowd. Anybody gets about the Big Bash? Yeah, there was quite a good crowd for the Sixers game against the Gades, over thirteen thousand people there, which is pretty good for a pre-Christmas game in Sydney. All right, that is all the cricket news. Now it's time to wrap it up with Can't Let It Go, which is that little bit of cricket news you just can't let go through to the keeper. Uh, Dan, because you're our guest today, um, author of 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket, what is your Can't Let It Go? Uh, my Can't Let It Go is the England losing to the West Indies in the ODI series. So after after their, you know, stinking up the place effort in the World Cup, they decided, well, we didn't get a chance to lose to the West Indies. So over their head there, uh, lost to them 2-1. And is it a, it's just lovely to see England uh, out there having a go, playing the 50-over game. I, I think it's lovely. Yeah, good exercise for them. They're, they're never going to win, but they have to have fun. That's it's the nice to see you know, doing well. Yeah. I said to Michael Vaughan, I asked him if England's white ball team was in a rebuild and he emphatically denied it. Well, shows how much he knows. <laughs> that was a spanking. I don't think they've lost a one-day series in the in the West Indies for like twenty years. So yeah, yeah, it was first time in yeah. the twenty-first century they'd lost one. So yeah, Jono, what's your can't let it go? Well, 
My can't let it go is we're we're heading off to um Bangladesh um for my can't let it go and Ooh, interesting. I, I I I think if you if you do a volume two of your um funniest moments in um cricket um dad this one might get a this one might get a run but it's wild to me that in the year of 2023 we've had baseball we've had shit pitches we've had pitch doctoring we've had Australia winning a World Cup we've had billions of Indians hearts broken and we've had a batter being give been timed out for a busted helmet strap and we've also had a batter being given out handled the ball um, which yes. is absolutely wild but the, the funniest part to me about this and I, I've watched it back a couple of times the ball was nowhere near the stumps I don't know what <laughs> Mushfika was doing it was just it was just padding it away but the ball was in no danger of actually rolling back onto his stumps I had no idea what he was doing didn't he do it twice he like tried I to think, do it once and missed flashed it one earlier and yeah. didn't actually hit it at that but like I don't know I don't know what's going on in his brain but yeah there, yeah. there was definitely no reason to to punch away the one he did. Yeah. The, the even wilder thing about it, Shakib Al Hassan wasn't even playing. So you were thinking, well, it might be a Bangladesh team shenanigan free, but absolutely not. It's we got it's just been a wild six weeks for cricket dismissals. And it it makes me wonder that maybe the BBL started in a not so much of a blaze of glory, we might see the funniest dismissal ever coming up in the big bash. It's going to be hard to top that timed out from the World Cup. And yeah. I was calling for a, a national holiday. I thought all cricket fans should have, should have been given the next day off work after that timed out. Yeah, we literally get a timeout, yeah. right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, that's, that's why he's a writer. Uh, that sort of material. All right, my, I've got I've got sort of two can't let it go. First one is very quickly. I don't know if you two saw, but they they wheeled out Justin Langer to promote the Western <laughs> Test. So uh, they yes. brought him out in the cowboy hat and the lasso, and he was there to try and bring in the crowds and tell them that oh no 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 this Australian team's all right. You've got to put it behind you. Let's come out and support the boys. Uh, I thought that was classic. Western Australian shenanigans to wheel out the yeah. little fella. Yes. And, and yeah, my final... They're, they're, I, don't, I don't know. I don't pretend to understand why they're still so upset about that, but you know, whatever. They, 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 they clearly are. Hopefully just I'm, I'm upset again. about it. I totally understand. They, they, they literally stabbed in the back one of Australian cricket's greatest ever players and coaches. Oh. Well, I think they literally <laughs> did. Literally there were knives <laughs> in his back. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. that, that, that's, the, that's the big story. That's the story that headlines this podcast. <laughs> um, and the other can't let it go is um, I'm still, and I, I don't know if we talked about it en enough on this podcast, but the, the deal for Cricket World Cups in Australia to go to Amazon um, Prime, it's just a huge shift in the, the broadcast landscape, and I've been thinking about this a lot. And I do think that it will maybe cost viewers because I think it's so easy for people to turn on free-to-air TV and watch the World Cup. But I also think there is, like, I know all my, like, my kids don't know what free-to-air TV is. Like, honestly, if I tried to explain to them what free-to-air TV is, I don't think they'd get it. They would just end up downloading, like, the Nine app and streaming it. Um, so maybe being on Amazon Prime will take 
the cricket to to a new market. Well, yes. Amazon Prime's a lot cheaper than KO. I'll tell you that. It's mm. uh, it's mm. decent value. So if you if you really want to watch the World Cup and yeah, you, know, you have to get some app and you want to watch a decent amount of it, yeah, I I, I think Amazon Prime's a, a better option than KO. <laughs> It's the classic. Um, it's the classic um, conundrum that broadcasters and um, you know sporting administration administrators are being caught caught up in at the moment. They're chasing the they're chasing the dollars and the eyeballs, which is uh, more and more they're going to be on these um, streaming services. Um, different different codes have tried it. Some successful, some not. It's just another hurdle for the cricket loving public. You know, as you said, men, as your kids might not know what free-to-air TV is. I grew up with all the cricket on free-to-air TV. And now if you want to watch a, whenever they play rarely, an Australian one-day game played in Australia, you have to jump on KO and get it behind a paywall. So while, I, while there is the threat of losing the audience of the casual fans, I think it's really just appealing to... One where this whole space and world's going, and also if you if you love your cricket enough, you'll you'll sign up and get it. And look, Amazon Prime. If you're going to go with one of the apps, as you say, it's one of the more affordable ones, Dan. But it's also one of the biggest. Like m- most people, one of the more established. You know, they're not going on like Paramount Plus or you know we, you know some stupid app that no one's heard of. So, and Amazon have deep pockets, so hopefully they can just fund a lot of cricket. Maybe, you know, this money can go towards someone to oversee the covers in Australia. You know, maybe the extra cash <laughs> they yes. get from Amazon. Yeah. If, if, the, if the ground staff have uh, Amazon Prime, they can get free shipping on new covers. So, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently uh, yeah. the Amazon did this thing in the NFL where while you were watching, they were putting up QR codes and you could just scan your phone and buy something. So they could actually put up the QR code for the covers and the ground. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Order those. All right, guys. Well, that is it for Cricket Unfiltered this week. Dan, thanks so much for jumping on. Um, where can the listeners find you? Where can they get your book? Okay. Well, you can follow me on pretty much any social media platform by looking for Lieb Cricket. That's L-I-E-B Cricket. Uh, or go to leavecricket.com and that's also where you can get a copy of the book or you just wander into any bookstore in Australia. It should be there on a shelf, probably in the sports section ideally. Uh, mm. Go over there, pick it up and uh, send me some money, please. And enjoy reading it as well, but mostly send me some money. <laughs> uh, I noticed that Malcon, a journalist for SMH, has said he was leaving Twitter because Alex Jones was allowed back on. Are you still on Twitter, Dan? I'm still on Twitter, but I'm everywhere else as well. So I'm just uh, I'm biding my time trying to work out because Twitter is going to die soon. I'm just seeing what's going to come up next. So everyone yeah, says it's going to die soon, but it, it really I don't think it is going to die soon. I, I think it's going to keep on keeping uh, on Twitter, and and it's like a cat with nine lives. It just every time it says it's going to die, it just miraculously comes back. You know that sort of toxicity has a long shelf life. So you know the sort of the hate on Twitter will keep it going. And yeah, yeah, I I, I get why someone might be upset that Alex Jones is let back on Twitter, but also he just said some stupid things. He didn't actually kill those kids. So yeah, you know. I think we're getting going a bit crazy. Jono, where can the listeners find you? What's new? You got any books out? 
Um, I do not have any books oh, out. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> um, give us a, give us a couple of years and we might do something, but no, you can find me on Twitter at John O'Baruch. That's, um, J O N O B A R U C H. Um, I'm on Fox sports. I'm, uh, I have been at inner sanctum, so you can catch me around. I'll be around a few of the test matches. So looking forward to doing, doing some stuff over there. So I, stuff, I like test. I like test match. Just wrap that. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. up. Um, um, John. Also, we're going to catch up during the first test and do some daily wraps because uh, I, I think it. I think we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the first test goes. Doing the daily wraps. If Pakistan are just friggin' hopeless, maybe we'll abort the daily wraps if they become just <laughs> just Australian gloating uh, for uh. three weeks. So come on, Pakistan, be good, please. Yes, be competitive, please, for the podcast. Yeah. All right, listeners, uh, thanks so much for listening. Dan and Jono, thanks so much. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.